All right, I'm just doing a, a, the last few things I need to do to get this up there. Make this happen, you know. I'm going to start giving out the text line. It'd be nice if I was actually watching the text line. <laughs> hey, it's Friday! You know what that means. That means tomorrow is Saturday as well. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. I have become painfully aware of a fact that I, I, I don't really know where we go with this, to be honest with you. So I'm going to tell you what I'm thinking as far as this goes. I know that there's people that are very adamant that Donald Trump is the only man that can save us. I get that. I understand that. I also get that there's other people that think, well, his time is done. He's become more of a liability than a than actual than an actual asset now. And we need somebody that can win and you know all kinds of different reasons they don't like Donald Trump. And listen, there in terms of preference, preference is rarely based upon logic, not in in the sense of, you know, looking at one thing and seeing this as a, just a fact is the way it's set up. Very rarely is that actually the case. What is the case, however, is that preference is perfectly okay. Now, I'm beginning to notice that a lot of people that otherwise 99.9% .9 of the time I would agree with when it comes to the Trump thing, if that becomes, if, if that becomes one of the uh, topics of discussion, that can become the wedge. Now, if you support Trump, and somebody comes up and, and accuses you of worshiping an idol. Well, uh, that's just silly. I mean, I, I don't think anybody, I, I hope nobody is getting into the idolatry and getting out there and uh, doing that stuff. And uh, I know why the Trump supporters feel as strongly as they do. Because of some very probable beliefs that would actually have been true. Like the withdrawal from Afghanistan. I don't think it would have happened. Uh, with, uh, you know, thousands of Americans left behind and billions of dollar equipment that some of it made it to Hamas. And I don't think Hamas in Gaza would have happened. And I, you know, those billions of dollars frozen going to Iran, that would not have happened. The Russian invasion of Ukraine would not have happened. And if it had happened, it wouldn't have mattered nearly as much because we would have been energy independent. The... Opioid deaths that are occurring in the United States today are due to the fentanyl that's coming across the border. The rise in crime, the uncontrolled immigration, the rising calls for us, the, the inflation going out. None of that would have happened, I believe, under a President Donald Trump. But we didn't get that. And I will sit here on a regular basis and I will tell you that history predicates the future. However... History should never obscure you looking forward. It should color what you think. It should it should get out there and influence your decision-making, but it should never get out there and do some of these things. In 2017, writer Rod Dreher wrote, Christians tempted by Trump idolatry. Now, he didn't like Trump, but he, 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 was, poke, he, he was pointing out the Catholics and the evangelicals uh, because they chose, as he put it, the vulgar, fiercely combative, and morally compromised Trump 
as an avatar for the restoration of Christian morality and social unity. And this is because this is a guy that looked at what Trump said and did and not the actions he actually took as a businessman and as the president. So the things he said and his mean tweets, all of that, this was all, this was all Trump. When in actuality, he too falls, uh, you know, falls victim to the Trump derangement syndrome. So, on the other hand, if you do not like Donald Trump, I know you have your reasons. I understand that. I'm looking for a robust and, you know, it's beginning, some, some of these guys are beginning to fall by the wayside. And some of them have uh, supported Trump as they, uh, as they give way and everything else. And, uh, and we're going to see he has, a, he has an overwhelming lead in the, in the polls. Not an insurmountable lead, but an overwhelming lead, right? I mean, remember, remember, we, uh, Trump himself did not expect to win in 2016. A lot of people have gotten out there, though, and they, they make this thing. The, the people that like Trump, the people that like Trump have their reasons for liking Trump. I like Trump because he is a brawler. I like him for all the reasons the, the, the guy out there was thinking that these are bad things about him. Uh, yes, we do. We do need to re return to a faith-based America, without a doubt. Without a doubt. But... Uh, we got to get there first. We got to get on that road, and we're not on the road at all right now. We're not even the in the zip code because the Democrats control everything. And even if Trump becomes president, and even if even if uh, even if the Republicans win the House and the Senate, that's just the government and the, the the leftists out there that control everything else. They will sit back and say this is just temporary, and they will go dormant. They will wait. They'll wait it out because they know in their heart, based upon their history of what they have seen, that the American voting public is very fickle. So something bad will happen under Trump, and then he's got to go. Everything that he will have done good will have been, uh, you know, it won't matter. And that's the way the American public works. And every time we, we get to the point where we really begin to understand what's going on, we die. <laughs> and the next generation comes up and is making the same mistakes that we made too. There's a, pe a lot of people that were Trump 2020, and there's a lot of people still with Trump in 2024. And uh, there's a few things you cannot dispel because Trump is a tested quantity in the president's office, which none of the rest of the candidates are. And he did a... Uh, <laughs> how, how far do... How, how, you know... What could, he, what could he have done if Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell had been behind him when they had? And they would probably still be in place had they just worked with the president. That's the thing none of these guys understand. The Republicans are perfectly happy to have their time in leadership and then let it go. Have their time, let it go. Because we take turns. No, that's not the way the country is supposed to be run. Supporting Trump is not idolatry. And those that do support Trump are not worthy of any sort. They're, they're no more worthy of ridicule than anybody else that supports anybody else. If Nikki Haley's your cup of tea, okay. Ron DeSantis, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, Asa Hutchinson, whatever. I don't understand why you're picking them. 
But at the end of the day, we have to win. And right now, the 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 cutout that will be president, that will be the presidential nominee, uh, while it looks like it's going to be one guy, it is still up in the air. And I would I would be I would have much more I would have a lot more uh, a lot more confidence if we could somehow cohesively come together. That, that's what I want to see come time. And for all of you that are absolutely against Trump, does that mean you're going to vote? I, I, you know, I had that one guy call in and say, uh, the, a ne- never Trumper called in and said he would vote for anybody over Trump. He would vote for the Democrats. And that's part of the problem. You guys aren't serious. On the text line, this is, I, this is a serious question. At what point do we stop talking and start acting? How far gone do we have to let this country get? Well... That's a good question. And uh, I will simply say this. (laughs) We need to try to do it in the most peaceful manner available. Because if we try to go, if we get kinetic about it, everything changes then. And if you you don't know what I'm talking about, then you don't even need to be considering what you you, you seem to be. Are are you itching for a fight? Do you want there to, you want it to get hot and, you know, Start seeing all the blood and hearing the thumping of the of the rounds coming in, that kind of thing. Is that what you want to do? That's that's my question. I I want to see it turn around, and I, you know, I'm not one of these Second Amendment guys that get out there. I don't go hunting or anything. I think guns, being uh, the armed America, the the reason for the Second Amendment is because sometimes we may, we might have to shoot tyrants. That's what I think it is, and just as I say that, the idea of doing that. It's not the idea of doing it that is a problem. It's what comes after. And uh, there's a lot of things we need to remind politicians of. Hopefully we don't have to uh, get kinetic with them. I talked about this briefly. I call it the Colin Kaepernick syndrome, where they try to make something news when it isn't. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Okay, what I'm about to tell you is not really based on the guy I'm talking about. It's more about how the establishment media creates news out of nothing. The GS Plumbing Talk line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. You know what? Uh, if you're not wearing my colors, you need to be wearing my colors. It's hard to be part of Team Hell No without me being able to recognize you. And you can do this by going to WOR, or excuse me, 989WORD. If you go there, you'll find this page. And on the page, you will uh, there, there's something at the top called store. And if you click on the store, that's going to drop down to all of that good stuff that's made for us by Outlaw Stitching. You, the, you know, the Betsy Ross shirt, which is my favorite. The Don't Tread on Me shirt. The uh, 98.9 Dad Hat, which is probably the one I should be wearing. But there's a trucker cap and a coffee mug. And plus... A bumper sticker that if you display that proudly, we'll know. We will know that you're part of Team Hell No. So, you know, 
just a suggestion. I mean, in, in any military in any military unit, we have to have designations for our organizations. And this is how you join mine. This is how you join Team Hell No. 989WORD.com. Click on the word on the store tab. Now, now, we got right, right now we have this uh, news cycle. It's full of stories about Colin Kaepernick. And, and they're always speculate, speculating about who he's going to sign with every time some guy blows his knee. Now, he played for the 49ers. He was benched and released in 2016. He embroiled the club. Athletically, I think the kid is actually pretty good. Very athletic man. But at the same time, he also decided he was going to be a little outspoken. See, LeBron James can get around that because LeBron James is a franchise player. Right, uh, I think he's passed everybody as far as the most points scored in the NBA at this point. So, yeah, LeBron James can get out there and he can make all the political statements he wants and nothing's going to happen to him. He's going to keep his, his livelihood. Colin Kaepernick was never that guy. And uh, he started to protest police by kneeling during the national anthem. And he was let go and nothing else has happened for seven years. And the establishment media keeps creating this because they're trying to make this happen. Keep the narrative on life support. And right now, we've been bombarded with news stories anticipating yet another milestone in Colin Kaepernick's career. I remember when Dick Butkus retired. He was my favorite football player as a little boy. When he retired, I didn't hear anything else about him until he started acting and getting in TV commercials. Then I could see what he was doing. But, you know, back then, we didn't have the Internet. Maybe that was the problem. But, I mean, when a football player retired, he just was gone. Or if he was cutting out and whatever, he, he never continued to make news in most cases. Unless he got, you know, became an announcer on TV or something. I'm sure Butkus did that too. I just wasn't aware of it, you know. But there was an October story which announced NFL World reacts as Colin Kaepernick makes yet another major move. But there was no move. No major anything behind the headline. This was all designed to plant a seed in the mind of you because we very much live in a headline age. And the latest news in this involves a letter that Kaepernick sent to the Jets in which the Jets were apparently uninterested. His string of consecutive years of unemployment remains unbroken, and over these years, we've been treated to headlines containing speculation and thinking about the Seahawks and the Raiders and the Redskins and the Eagles and the Cowboys. And nothing came of any of that at all. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So in 2017, a media reference to the Ravens' pursuit of Kaepernick was intended to prove that Kaepernick could still play and was being blackballed for his protest, yet the Ravens did not sign him. Nothing was once again the order of the day. But if you looked at this, you would think that Colin Kaepernick was the greatest quarterback alive and simply was unsigned because he was being treated unfairly. Which, why would you want to do that to the NFL? By the time it became clear that no signing would occur, the headline would be forgotten, and that, that, that thing is already firmly implanted in your brain. Now, a headline in January 2023 promised the reader an announcement that was going viral. But this was about a documentary that had added Kaepernick's name as executive producer. Nothing remained undefeated at that point. 
a 2020 CBS headline revealed the extent to which they would go. They said that the Eagles would not rule out signing Kaepernick and were weighing the pros and cons of bringing him in, except the Eagles probably spent more time phrasing, or CBS spent more time phrasing that headline than the Eagles did to giving him any thought. USA Today decided to get in 2022. They decided to get out there and say, seven teams that should invite Kaepernick to training camp. By that time, they were no longer trying to create a fait accompli with a hyped headline. They were finger-pointing at specific teams, and they wanted them to comply, and nothing happened. After the, the latest one being the Jets story, you know, uh, there was an announcement of a major football business move. And if you took the bait and clicked on the story, you, you would discover his move involved becoming one character in a new video game. <laughs> and as of October 17th, another article, three NFL teams that might be desperate enough to sign Colin Kaepernick. And all of those scenarios in that, that was all designed to get you to click on that. So, We've had seven years of major viral announcements and moves, and, and that none of them have amounted to anything. You can take the Colin Kaepernick out of this, just cut that out, and put that on anything else. Put that on anything else out there, and this is the way the mainstream media works. They're always trying to influence the trends. You know, media is supposed to be a very dull thing, right? I'm supposed if I'm a if I'm a reporter, if I go in if I go and interview my my hero, and I stick a mic in his face. I'm supposed to ask all of the same biting questions I would if I hated this guy. That's what I'm supposed to do. They don't. They don't ever do that. If you understand what's going on with Kaepernick, then you would understand the phenomena of Greta Thunberg or climate change, or the January 6th, or the danger of default from a government shutdown, and all of the other non-stories that somehow dominate the headlines. The newspapers and TV news has become a Potomkin village. And now that's moved on to the computers. Repetition and the constant onslaught, that's how they hit you. So, the whole point of this, as I'm telling you this, is not Colin Kaepernick. It's the charade that media plays on you with everything. The dangling, shiny things of the misleading headlines. I got a question for you. We've got transgender. They want to go transracial. Are you ready to go trans-age? This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. All right, the GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. I'll get it right. Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. I, the texter that was asking me, when are we going to do it? I understand your frustration. The problem is we got a lot of sheep in the world, and until the sheep gets you know cattle prodded out of their stupor, I'm afraid that it's going to be sort of a heavy lift for right now. But anyway... I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. 
if that's your cup of tea. Podcasts are available wherever the best podcasts are found. Trust me on that one. Well, you know, we, 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 the first thing anybody tried, I guess, was to be transracial. Rachel Dolezal, Sean White, you know. Dolezal, we knew that she was born to white parents, but for some reason she just identified as a black person. But that hasn't caught on yet, but give it time. But we're in the era now of transgender. Men can be women and women can be men. And if a woman can be, if, if, if transgender men are real men, then men can even get pregnant. That's a whole other discussion. The bottom line for the left is there's no difference between men and women. If that isn't enough for you, well, coming soon from Canada, along with the euthanasia trend that's gripping them, uh, we get the trans age. And we get this from Twitter, the former, the app formerly known as Twitter, excuse me, from Oli London. 50-year-old man identifies as a girl, competes in swimming competition against 13-year-olds. Melody Wisehart, 50, who would <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't say that with a straight face. Melody Wisehart, 50, who uh, Melody. You know, I woke up this morning, I wanted to be Melody, too. Not true. Melody Wisehart, 50, who identifies as a girl, was able to use the girls' locker rooms to change and swam against nine 13 to 14-year-old girls during the competition. And here we have a picture of Melody, which is... Melody, you're not fooling anybody, even with your tiara. I'm sorry. Now, right now, I'm thankfully, all the guys that I have read as I've grown up, they're all my age now, so they're all telling me 60 is the new 30. <laughs> so I get, to, I get to surf that trend. But I'm not talking about that. Because no matter what 60 is, at the end of the day, it still turns into the 60s. That's and 50s, 40s, all of it. We all age unless we die, and then we quit aging. This all happened on October 20th at Richmond Hill Aquatic Center's Fall Classic Swimming Competition at the Markham Pan Am Center in Toronto. Nine of the ten swimmers were 13 to 14-year-old girls. The tenth, somebody named Melody Wiseheart. Not only is Melody... <laughs> Not only is Melody a biological male named Nicholas J. Cepeda, but Melody slash Nicholas is 50 years old. Now, coming with any sort of an explanation, is this all perfectly okay? Why are they so hesitant to talk about it? I mean, yeah, it's the new thing. <laughs> it's the new proof. It's the, it's the, this is the new black. First of all, they denied Melody slash Nicholas was competing until, you know, he got up on his mark. They put out a race schedule before that, and they put him on the, on the schedule. And it's him. It's a him. And they all seem, also seem less than willing to talk about a race that was part of the entire competition for 13 to 14-year-olds being disrupted by someone who not only wasn't female, but was not in the age group. Why don't we just let some of these gifted teenagers play, uh, you know. I'm not even going there. It appears that Melody Wiseheart only wants to identify as a 13 or 14 year old girl when it is convenient for him. And the story of this person gets more disturbing, but not surprising. Because Melody, or Nicholas, is a professor at York University in Toronto. And they are the head of the Cognitive Flexibility Lab. 
And uh, they, the members develop and validate tools for teachers that are based on cognitive psychology principles. I wonder if Melody was Nicholas when he got the job and now he's Melody. I don't know. I don't know. Now, in Japan, we have a lot of people that want to dress up as, well, we have one guy who spent $14,000 on a Kali costume, and he looks almost like a real Kali, comparatively speaking. So, I guess trans species will be okay soon. Pretty soon. Pretty, you know what? We know what this means. If we go trans species, if I were to go trans species and trans age and transracial, and transgender, do you know what I could be? I could be a lion, a female lion cub, a female black lion club cub at the zoo, and I'm sure that the the, the adult lions would take me in without consuming me. I'm sure that would be great. I could do all those things, and I could be you know, the lion cub part is the age part. So I'm that's me. That's me checking all the boxes. Now, Nicholas was featured in 2014 in a piece with his wife. And that was groundbreaking even for Canada then about what a normal couple they were. And of course, they were pioneers working against stereotypes and stigmas. So I guess my question becomes, does being a 50-year-old male swimming with adolescent girls also constitute working against stereotypes? And if we're going to, I mean, what they're, why do they want to erase every single, every single boundary, every single, I don't know. Now, because the officials would not comment about this meet, it's unknown if Melody shared a locker room with the 13 to 14 year old girls. And if he, he, she did, would this not be condoned as sexual assault? But here's my question for all of the parents of the little girls in this swim meet. Why haven't we heard about anything from them? Are they being, uh, you know, stamped out? This is cancel culture. It extends north of the border as well. We know the drill. Maybe Rachel Dolezal should take another look at being transracial. Maybe nobody will notice. I don't know. I know, I know a few people that identify as libertarian. So, a few observations from me. Just remember, don't take offense, even if I'm being offensive. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Now, I'm going to suppose that we're going all bluesy here, maestro, because uh, it's a nice change, a palate cleanser. Is that is that why we're going all bluesy? Yeah, I figured I'd change it up a little bit today. I, I, I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you don't like blues? Well, you still haven't gotten me any corn. You haven't gotten me any uh, Allison Chains. Uh, excuse me, sir. I played yeah. I played corn, got the life yesterday at some when? point. I know I did. <laughs> I don't know if I did uh, during your show. But I know I played it. Well, isn't that sort of the point <laughs> that I'm bringing up? 
I'll get you some more corn. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. The, the GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 9050989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page, if that's what you like. And I got I got three podcasts out there for you. Three. Straight talk. Lock and load. Gun Owners News Hour. Go check those out. Libertarians. The problem with libertarians is they're victims of their own success. And the rest of us become victims of the few remaining libertarians. Libertarians are like crossfitters and militant atheists and vegans. Totally obsessed and can't shut up about it. And the fact that conservatism has absorbed most of it, at least the useful parts of it, you know, that's a good thing. I, I don't have any use for a conservative who has no libertarian tendency, but I've got no use at all for the self-identified libertarian that we see too often today. Because all they are is a, they're just scolding me. And, and they want things to happen with it. It's, it's almost like they have zero concept of how the world actually works. In order to make some of the things happen the way they want them to happen, they're going to have to do more than talk about it. But they would have no hesitation to explain to you how bad it is and why we should be doing this, this, and this without telling us how we're going to do it. Now, the libertarian influence when it came into conservatism was good. It was healthy. And it opened up conservatism to a bigger audience. Now, the stereotype of a conservative used to be John Lithgow in Footloose, you know? Obsessed with making sure that Kevin Bacon couldn't bust a move. Very repressed, very self-righteous. That's the old school conservative type, but that's not conservatism today. It's not even close. And that has to do with the fact that the libertarians got involved with the conservative movement. That street broadened lots of things with us. Lots of things. And this potential for consideration by other folks who didn't particularly want some dude monitoring the things they did or regulating their haircuts, this was a welcome thing. I was glad to see it. And... Conservatives are not exactly exactly libertines. And they generally prize traditional values. But as for abortion, there's no libertarianism there. You just don't get to kill babies. If you live and let live means anything, it means both people involved live. The other thing that libertarianism brought to us was a very healthy suspicion of the power and the authority promoted. And it promoted the decentralization of a power down to the individual rather than retaining it within the government and the local busybodies that seem to get out there and also want to be a scold. And you see a lot of that libertarian streak and conservatives wanting to be left the hell alone. You know, you know, I, I got my guns. I got my homeschooling. I want to watch what I want to watch on TV. I don't want to see it censored. I don't want to see a message saying this movie reflects an age during a time when uh, so, social things were not this way. That's on Eddie Murphy movies. Now let Eddie alone. Not everything they've done is good, though. Because it used to be they were very interested in legalizing pot. And they got what they wanted. Dope is legal. And now, a lot of cities, like when I go to SHOT Show, you can walk across the road, walk across the uh, the, the, the uh, you know the main drag in, in Las Vegas, and I'm going from Treasure Island to the Sands. And as I go across the road on that over overwalk, uh, I get stoned because of everybody that's on the sidewalk smoking dope. 
<laughs> and then I go in there and I have a pretty good time because I am stoned. But, you know, I'm probably not as intense as I need to be because this is a drug that makes people lazier and less interesting. But they, we, we have managed to achieve their can cannabis dream. They don't really seem to have much of anything else going on other than pestering the rest of us. And I would think that with the left, that would be who they would focus on because these are the guys who want to oppose all, impose all these things that they're absolutely against. And, uh, you know, but they, they don't seem to want to bother with them. They want to come after us. And that's because the leftists don't pay them any attention. I don't think they get involved in any of the woke wars, which is probably good. But they seem baffled by the notion that you have to cause your opponent pain before he stops doing bad things, right? When uh, DeSantis started going after Disney, they sort of came out. They said he couldn't withdraw that massive government subsidy. But purity, which is everything to modern libertarianism, is a very expensive pose to take. We can't afford it. That's my trouble with them. The modern libertarianism now, as it is separate and standalone, is sort of anemic, bespoke, and it's only possible in an environment where other people have agreed to do the hard work of building and defending the society and make a safe space for them. Does that fit? Probably not, but you know, hey. Coming up next, you're going to be joined by Michael Letts, investusa.org, and a writer at American Thinker. We're going to talk about the utility of a police department. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.